Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to Fearless Generations, 12 Steps to Freedom. We are on to step nine tonight, which is intention. And so because tonight is introduction night, do you know what that means? Anything goes. And we are excited to get this conversation started. Um, usually at this time, I would introduce you to my beautiful co-host, but she, for some reason, has not got on the call yet tonight. So when she joins us, I will introduce her to you then. Um, but for now, I will introduce our just as lovely guest coach that's on the show with us tonight. You, she has been on the show before, um, but we are excited to have her again. Welcome, Susan Schloss. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's great to be here. We are excited to have you. So um, to start us off, why don't you kind of talk about who you are real quick, just in case we have someone new um, that didn't catch you last time, and then just go right into what is intention to you. Okay, wonderful. I am a certified money coach, and I help people have breakthroughs in their money patterns. So if there are areas that are stuck, I use money archetypes to help unstick those patterns and create some new habits in your money life. And for me, intention is a really crucial part of life in general and definitely in the money relationship. I find that I have to live my intentions every day in order to change old ways of thinking. And Mm -hmm. so I do have a process where I create authentic intentions, and I'll talk more about that later. But I think Terry joined us. Did I hear her come on? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll let you know when she's here. But, yeah, that's so interesting. And I can see how intention would play a big part in um, making those shifts and those changes around your your finances because the choice the new choices would need to be intentional, right? We're not just gonna all of a sudden start making different choices. We'd have to be very aware and willing and intentional in changing our choices. Absolutely. Yeah. And then also having to do with intention being a longer view, like a a way of embracing our visions. It's something for me, Mm -hmm. if I have an intention of growing my community, for example, it's something I hold in my heart all the time. You know, so it's this living thing that is always there inside me. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, yes, Terry has joined us now. So, <laughs> welcome, the, the beautiful Terry Sayer. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was earlier. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sitting here thinking, oh, I've got time to do this. I've got time to do that. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Susan well, was talking about how, yeah, Susan was talking about how intentions are something that we hold in our heart and that we think mm. about. Um, and I love that because when we talk about intentions, we talk about practicing them and we write them down and we put them up uh, everywhere where we can see them and be constantly reminded of them. So I love that you talked about holding it in your heart. I think that that's really a, a beautiful way of saying it. Awesome. Terry, yeah, I know that important. you write daily intentions. Um, how how do you feel about that that idea of of kind of holding it in your heart? Absolutely, I um, I have several overarching intentions that I have internalized that really propel all my thoughts and my actions throughout the day, and I'm able to hold on to them. And when I come to a decision, I'm able to to make decisions based upon those intentions. And then I do write daily intentions that are, are a little bit more, that fit under my, my more global or umbrella intentions. And I don't write them as a goal specifically, but I write them still in a, a way that they could fit almost any situation, but they're just a little bit different. I have a couple of mantras that I use for intentions um, to have compassion, to be honest and be personally responsible. That's one of my, my overarching intentions. And then for my values, I always hold the intention to treat others as I would want to be treated and to serve as, for me, my higher power, Jesus Christ, served others. And so those are the ones I have internalized. And I use those intentions to guide my thoughts, my words, and my actions. And that was a transformational concept in my life when I was able to realize what are my intentions, what is my purpose and passion, and then to put that into a phrase that was short enough that I could remember it and internalize it. And that's worked really well for me. And I like the idea of saying it's in my heart because I say it's in my soul. And um, mm. and then I have I have maybe more specific intentions that I write each day when I write my gratitudes to focus me. Um, I tend to get distracted really, really easily. <laughs> And so that daily intention helps me to focus. Like maybe my intention would be today I intend to connect. And so I can just remember that in my mind. I'm going to practice connecting, which has been kind of difficult since I've been in my house since March the 16th. But I'm trying to connect still with myself, which I've done a lot of that. And then connecting by calling people. And then I've become Zoom fatigued lately. But... um you know, or, or my intention for the day might be to practice personal responsibility. And then that stays in my mind for the day. But those two big overarching intentions that I hold all the time are to treat others as I would like to be treated and to serve as Christ served. And those, I, those are the ones that I've kind of embedded in my heart and soul. Yeah, Beautiful. thank you. Yeah, I have... An overarching intention of to trust myself more each day. And when I'm in the habit of setting a daily intention, like Terry was saying, it's a little uh, specific to the, for me to the day. So if I know that I have a particular situation coming up or, um, you know, something's going on, I know, like, okay, so 
that particular situation or this particular situation, um, I might need more compassion uh, for this, or I might need to be able to practice seeing uh, my innocence or someone else's innocence. And so I kind of set that as my daily intention to support me with what's going on in that specific day. So I also, I also do the, do that. So um, Susan, how do you go about um, setting intentions? Because I'm sure that um, it's probably a little different from us. Yeah. Um, I have a process that I got from my mentor, but I've tailored it a little bit to my own style. But the thing about intentions is that they have to be authentic to us and in alignment with with us, you know, with our values, but also with what feels and resonates to be true at the time that we're using them. And so if like with an affirmation, we're just saying, I am wealthy. Well, if somebody doesn't feel like they're wealthy, then that isn't really going to be useful. And so what I help people do is to tailor an intention in a way that feels really authentic and true to them. So something like, I'm on my authentic path to abundance might feel like it can really resonate as true when you say it. So that Mm -hmm. you kind of do that test of putting it inside and seeing if it feels really true to you. And I find that Mm -hmm. the intentions out of that process are much more effective. Yeah, I love that. We talk about the difference between intentions and affirmations as well. Um, and how affirmations are kind of something outside of yourself that you're calling forth, right? And intentions is something where your power lies. So it's something that you can do, um, something that you have control over that you can go out and actually do something about. So for us, an intention based on your example, an intention for us would be, would maybe be today I am willing to practice seeing abundance all around me or practicing Mm. abundance in um, abundance in uh, whatever thing that they're really wanting to see abundance in. But in that, in, in the first one that I said, seeing abundance around me, that's general, right? Like that's something where they can see, abundance in their relationships they can see it in their finances they can see it in their spiritual practice they can see it right they can see it in all different kinds of ways and so it's something that they can practice it's something that they can remind themselves that they want to be doing and they can take actions to do so um and then how goals fall into that is that your goals support your intention so what are things that i can um, what are acts that I can do to support myself in seeing abundance in, you know, in my life? So that's kind of how we work it at, at Fearless Living. I really like bringing that word practice into it. I think that's beautiful because mm-hmm. it's so real. We do have to practice yeah. in order to make these changes. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to Well, yeah, and it that. allows you go right on ahead and do that. <laughs> it allows us to not have to do it to not have to do it perfectly. You know, it it allows us yeah. to um, you know, it allows us to be human. And I think that that can be, you know, a sticking point for a lot of us where if we say that we're going to do it, we think that we need to do it perfectly. But when we throw that word practice in, then it kind of gives us permission to be okay with it not going exactly right all the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, for sure. Yeah. I, I was a. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Susan. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that I was a school teacher for 40 years and towards the end of uh, when I was in the classroom, they wrote the whole system kind of adopted what they call a growth mindset and helping children. But I taught kindergarten, so I always had this mindset, uh, helping children understand that we, we probably learn more from when it doesn't work than when it works. And that making mistakes and trying and practicing is probably the most powerful way to learn. And I think that when I adopted this uh, language of I'm willing to practice, I really had a visceral response to that. It made me feel more at ease. I kind of like took a, a breath and realized because I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I, it really helped me to, to see myself as being vulnerable. And once I was more vulnerable and opened up and was able to see possibilities and just be willing to practice something and not be be perfect at it or gain perfection, but to just have growth, it really changed the way that I looked at um, how I could have what I wanted in my life. And that was, I think sometimes it's just a word. Our language can make such a difference and our capacity to really move forward. And I think that word practice, like you said, is is one that just, for me, it just kind of gives my body this, ah, you know, this kind of like, ah, I can, you know, I can practice this. And if I, I can practice it as long as I, you know, as as part of my journey. And uh, so I, I was happy to hear you say you like that word and you're going to put it into your practice. Because <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a powerful, powerful word. It really is, and it, it brings me back to a seven-day retreat that I just came off of last Wednesday where it was a Buddhist orientation, and it's all about mm-hmm. practice. That's the whole mm-hmm. thing is, you know, we're just practicing, mm-hmm. and everything falls into the category of practice. Mm-hmm. So there's no judgment, like Kelly was saying, about right or wrong or the kinds of things that come up in a given day, the feelings that might come up, it's all part of the practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I also love that word willingness that you brought in. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm willing mm-hmm. to practice. Because being willing opens the door to the ability to make changes in a way that um, has a certain sense of surrender to it as well and humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those two mm-hmm. words together are beautiful. Yeah, that's yeah. What, when we teach teach that strategy to our clients, it's uh, we do that um, in where intention is the antidote to expectation, 
And so we talk about expectations and how those really set us up for failure and that intentions give us that possibility. And so we actually teach them to use that verbiage, today I am willing to practice. And so that's the beginning of, each, of our intention. Every time I write an intention, I use that, that template because, it, again, it gives that visceral um, response and it just it sets you up for, for you know, growth and uh, moving forward on your journey and, and a willingness to take risks and to step out of your comfort zone. And so it's, that's what the template that we use is today I am willing to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. The, but yeah. the one piece yeah. is really common with what I do is, is that I start the intentions with I am so that we have it in the present Mm-hmm. And so that resonates with what you're talking about as well. Yeah, I think the truth is the truth, right? Today is, <laughs> yeah, I think saying today kind of keeps it in that present, like, okay, yesterday was yesterday, tomorrow is tomorrow, today this is what I'm going to do. And I think that that is really helpful to me, kind of like that fresh uh you know, fresh slate, um, where or clean slate, um, whatever the expression is, um, where you know today you haven't done any. You know, it's all new, right? There's nothing to beat yourself up about yet, and you're gonna go forth and practice. So, I think I think those are really powerful. And as Terry was saying about expectations. Um, we could go on for a long time about expectations for the two of us. But um, I think that everybody has somewhat an idea of what an expectation is. And intentions as a tool are really powerful on how to shift you out of having an expectation of yourself or someone else and put it into, um, shift it into verbiage or action that you can, that you have power over. So if it's shifting your attitude um, because you don't like uh, the way somebody else is doing something, or if it's letting go of some expectation you have on yourself, um, those are all things that you have within your power. That's super helpful to clear Mm -hmm. that out clarity on it and then let it go. Yeah. I imagine people aren't even always aware of what their expectations are. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, just I I think people often are not even aware of what our expectations of ourselves are or other people. Oh, yes. (laughs) There are, we live with so many expectations and even doing this work and knowing you know, all about expectations and how they get us, I still find myself having expectations that I'm not aware that I have until um, I have the emotion or I'm doing the action that is associated with having an expectation. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm really disappointed right now. Why am I disappointed? Oh, because I had an expectation. Okay, what was my expectation? Okay, how can I turn that into an intention? So, Mm -hmm. um, it's 
it's a process that I am still going through <laughs> and you, and I still have to be willing. Um, sometimes I can see I have an expectation and I don't necessarily quickly see a way around it. And um, most likely that's because my willingness isn't there. So when my willingness goes up, then I'm closer to that opportunity of taking action. So um, Susan, we're getting low on time. What would be one main thing that you would want the listeners to take away tonight? Um, well, we've had such rich conversation here, and <laughs> I feel like there's such a depth of emotional intelligence and growing our emotional intelligence. It's really beautiful. And so I think... Um, Bringing it back to the money conversation, I would encourage people to first go inside and examine where the kind of bumps are in your money relationship, where those challenging points are, and write those down. Make your list of the areas that are where you have resistance or pain or fear. And then from that, Create your intentions, your authentic intentions that really feel true to you and aligned and bring in these incredible tools of today I am willing to practice. I love that. (laughs) Great. Thank you. And Susan, is there, um, how can our listeners um, best get a hold of you or is there anything that they can take advantage of that you have going on? I have a couple ideas for the listeners. One is to look at the way that I lay out the process of creating your intentions. You can go to my my website at moneywisdomcoach.com and check out the blog. There is a blog on intentions there and how to set them from the beginning of this year that I put together. And you can also take the money type quiz on my website if you are curious about money archetypes and how they might be showing up in your money relationship. Some examples that I talked about last time are the innocent, the fool, Mm -hmm. the tyrant, the martyr, and the ones that we really want to have strong are the warrior and the magician. So you can take the quiz, you can see where you fall today in those different energies that can show up. And it's, it's really fun. Awesome. Yeah, and we will make sure that those links get on to the Facebook page so that if you weren't able to write it down, you can always see it there. We thank you so much. Susan, Terry, is there anything that you would want to say right before we run out of time? No, I just just think there's great power and intention and I think several things we talked about tonight that are part of the pathway to change that Rhonda Britton created, several of the steps. We talked about intention, but we also talked about willingness. We also talked about surrender. And all of those, uh, you know, seeing opportunities, all of those are part of the 12 steps to freedom. And I just love the way that um, we have guests, a lot of guest coaches that aren't part of the Fearless Living community. And yet we're really teaching so many of the same things because, 
the the pathway to freedom is is the truth and every everybody has a little bit of it you know and we just can share it in different ways with different language and it helps people to come to understand how important it is to to uh, get out of their com- get out of your comfort zone take risks and utilize these strategies like intentions so it was a pleasure to have you on here again and i look forward to the next time Thank you so yeah, much for having me. coming on again. So, listeners, if you love listening to Susan, she will be back. Let me see. She will be back. Oh, no, that's when you're here right now. Man. No, that's it's right. Okay. So, she, sorry. <laughs> she will be back on July 20th. So, we are going to have her back I know. Craziness, huh? Time is going by so fast. So make well, sure you make a note of that. I look forward to talking to you both again at that time. Yeah. It's always such a pleasure. And I'm going to check yeah, out your, your blog. You. That sounds interesting. Great. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, we thank you all for coming here tonight. We want to remind you that the 12 Steps to Freedom are created by Rhonda Britton, the CEO of the Fearless Living Institute. You can find out more about the Fearless Living Institute at fearlessliving.org. We thank you so much for being here with us. We invite you to keep coming back every Monday night at 9 p.m. Pacific time. And until next time, everybody, be fearless. Be fearless. Good night. Good night.